We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Not going to waste any time. I'm going to jump right into this. My man, Aaron Quinn, good friend of mine, recurring guest of this podcast, cover one. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's happening, my man? I missed you. I feel like it's been a while. It's been. It's been a minute. I love doing these shows with you because I was telling Aaron, we were talking for a little bit before I started doing this, and uh, when I have you on the show, it just feels a little bit easier Thanks. for me to do, man. You do a lot of the... Uh, there's a lot less legwork to do when I have Aaron Quinn on. And thank you, everybody, as always, for for locking in, whether it's Spotify or Apple on the audio side or YouTube now on the video I'm side. I'm dressed on YouTube over here. I forgot to take my chair off. It's a little hot. <laughs> <in your laughs> take it all, baby. All right. Giving people reason to, to switch from Spotify to YouTube. All good. I'm going to tell you what, though. Before we jump into today, and uh, let me tell people, let me let me set this up. We're going to spend a little bit about a little bit of time talking about Rob Gronkowski and I wanted you just you lost s- a bunch of viewers. Everyone just took off. They don't want to hear it. I'm glad you said that. And let me tell you why. I wanted to have you on specifically for this because I like to consider you one of the more, or I should say, less emotional people when it comes to talking about a Buffalo Bills topic. I feel like, and I've said this many times, I feel like you have an ability to be a little more level-headed than somebody like me, whether it's for a pro van, or con. For a van, right? Sure. Like a lot of people would love to see Gronk here and a lot of people would hate to see Gronk here. More people probably hate. And it's for very emotional, personal reasons. So what I wanted to do with you today, and we'll get to this in a couple minutes, is I wanted to break down the potential, the possibility of Gronk coming here in three different facets. We'll talk a little bit about the off the field stuff. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about him on the field as it would pertain to the Bills. And then we'll spend a couple minutes at least talking about the financial aspects of it. So I wanted you for that before that, though, before we get into that. And also I wanted to get your thoughts because this is uh, the NFL combine this week. I wanted to get your thoughts. on maybe just a couple guys that you're looking forward to, to seeing a little bit of this week or hearing a little bit from this week, as it might pertain to the Buffalo bills and potential bills, uh, draft prospects for that though, we were talking briefly off here before we started taping and you were telling me about 1883 and you stop short of telling me the spoilers because I have not seen the end of the season yet. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. And I'm going to give everybody listening or watching a homework assignment, but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. And I say that because you talked about 
an emotional element. You usually don't get too emotional watching shows, but you kind of did with the end of 1883. So we'll save that for the end of the episode, but I got a homework assignment for you. Um, for that, though, I also want to let everybody know, if you've been listening to Talk Buffalo Podcast for a while now, last year, Aaron jumped on five straight weeks leading up to the draft, and we did a mock draft every week. And I thought it was a really fun and informative exercise. I can't speak for everybody, but me, myself, I, I kind of feel like I learned a lot about the draft process. And I remember it last year. We, we would break down a bunch of positions and players, and I felt like it was a good way to just learn more about, A, these prospects, B, the bills, the team, the, what they might need, what they may be thinking. It was a lot of fun. We did that last year. And we did a couple of them two years ago, back in 2019. I just want to let everybody know that Aaron's going to be back this season. Uh, we're going to do five weeks, so we'll do a different mock draft every week, some with trades, some without trades, and that's going to start. We're going to drop those episodes on Wednesday, starting on uh, March 23rd, and that'll lead us up into the final week before the draft. We're not going to do one the week of the draft because Aaron's going to be somewhere right before. Where are you going for the draft? Well, so we haven't fully confirmed, but we are. Uh, it looks like we're heading to the draft uh, yeah. in Vegas. Greg and I, and, and maybe Eric, are, are going to be heading that way. Um, so not totally confirmed yet. We're we're locking it all in, but it looks good. Like we're going to be heading there, and I'm pretty excited for that. I've never done a draft experience. I've right. wanted to do Cleveland, but that was sort of middle of COVID still. Um, and wanted to do Tennessee. My brother and I had talked about maybe doing Tennessee together a couple years back when they had it out outdoors. Um, and really wanted to do that. I've also never been to Nashville. Uh, I would have loved to have gone and done it in Nashville, but so it's something that's on my bucket list to be at a draft and experience an NFL draft in person. And we might just get the chance this year. So it'd be cool. We'll definitely have a ton of cool content if we are able to get there. So, uh, anyone that follows us be checking out for that. Now, again, you're still putting potential plans together, not confirmed yeah. yet, but right. if you can make it happen, do you plan on go? I mean, obviously you're going to go to the draft as fans and you're going to go have a yep. really good time. But when you're there, do you plan on trying to maybe drop a podcast or two from, from on yes. location? You know, if we, if we do go, it's, it's mostly to create content. Um, so that, that will be our, you know, obviously we'll be getting some drinks in us <laughs> while we're creating some, some content, but yeah, no, it won't be a tourist trip. We will be there, uh, you know, specifically to be making content and, and uh, representing our brand there. That'd be really cool, man. Yeah. Hope it works out for you. But regardless, like I said, Aaron is going to be here for five straight Wednesdays, starting Wednesday, um, the 23rd. And uh, it'll be a good time. It was it was a lot of fun last year, too. All right. I, I don't want to waste too much time here. Aaron's got a hot tub appointment in a little That's while. It. And he was generous enough to, to to give me some time here on a little notice on a Monday evening. And I always appreciate you. I, w- I want to jump into some Gronk talk. And let me preface this by saying this. I want to pull up a tweet. From a longtime friend uh, slash enemy, a friend of me of mine, Tone Bucks, all right? And this is in regards to Gronkowski because, Aaron, you're, you're on Twitter and I'm sure all over Facebook and all of social media. It's a very hot topic because there's been a growing buzz about the possibility of Gronkowski being a Buffalo Bill. Now, I, don't, I think that's nothing but speculation at this yeah. point. To, to, this, to the point with, with Tone Bucks, and I want to read this tweet, and he says... I don't know. It's not like he's been some huge community presence through the years. He's talking about, you know, how just it's such a hot topic, Gronkowski, because he's from Western New York. He says, I just don't think this is going anywhere beyond off-season filler conversation. Right. I think that's a good point 
because right now this is the off season and it is filler conversation. But at the same token, I seen, I I've been tracking some websites and one that came up was bookies.com and they listed, um, odds for Rob Gronkowski to where he would be taking his first snap in 2022. And obviously him retiring is the most likely outcome, right? But the Buffalo bills are favored, man. I mean, they're five and a half to one right now. So it's the bills yep. over green Bay. And then Tampa's only in third Arizona and Chicago. Now again, granted that doesn't mean much, but when you get money involved sure. and you got betting lines involved, it, it kind of feels like a, maybe a little something, uh, yeah. for, what are your thoughts before we talk about Gronk? Is he a fit? Is he not a fit for the bills on and off the field? Just, uh, your thoughts on how it's been, how Gronkowski's become such a hot topic of conversation here on social media over the last week or two. Yeah, it's been weird. So I saw you fighting off the, uh, trade Tredavious white heroes, uh, on social media a few weeks back and, and you been, this weekend. Yeah. Now me this week, <laughs> but I didn't want to take any part in it back then because i've been so first of all back it up a little bit i think tight end two is a huge need this offseason for the buffalo bills right love i'm a the biggest dawson knox supporter there is out there i right. love dawson knox i think they need something behind him, right tommy sweeney's not it he's not the guy going forward that's gonna if god forbid dawson knox gets hurt he's not gonna get you through a slate of games and be your tight end one and he's barely a tight end two and so if you want to be able to run multiple personnel groupings or have a guy that can uh, spell Rob or spell Dawson Knox, you need a really good tight end too. So I was looking at more of the levels of Durham Smites out of Miami or Will Disley is kind of like these veteran guys that are, you know, a little bit younger, looking for a decent deal, looking for a place to get some production, haven't really produced in the NFL. I wasn't even looking at Rob Gronkowski because my idea was Brady's gone, Gronk's gone, right? Like, I just thought that he came back to play with Brady, get a ring, and now he's going to go back into retirement, and that was that. But then this conversation continues to just keep coming up, and he hasn't retired, right? We've seen Brady, at least people say maybe he'll come back, maybe he won't, but at least he's put it out there that he's not going to play this football season. And But Rob Gronkowski hasn't done that, so he's left this door wide open that maybe he is available to play uh, football next year. And so if that's all the case, you have a need at tight end to – Rob Gronkowski is still out there and available. And then you're starting to see all these betting websites coming up saying that, well, if he is going to play, the bills are the favorite spot for him to land. And I do think, you know, to tone pucks point, like sure, maybe the localized stuff is over the top and people take that too far that he wants to come home and play. But I don't know that you can totally discount it either. Like he always talks fondly of Western New York, his time as a bills fan going to the stadium we know that he was disappointed that the Bills didn't pick him uh, in the draft. He came out and said that he'll never forget that his hometown team didn't pick him. And I don't know that he holds it against them. Right. Uh, but he clearly liked the idea of coming home to play, uh, at least then. And so I don't think you can totally discount all that off the field, that there's some draw back to Western New York. But ultimately what the draw is, is an opportunity to chase another Super Bowl ring and there really there might be a couple teams that are in a better position to do that with than the Buffalo Bills and I don't know that any of those teams have a better quarterback than Josh Allen to play with than the Buffalo Bills and we heard Greg Olson talking on a podcast this offseason when the Bills wanted him to come he wasn't sure if Josh Allen was the right quarterback to you know attach himself to at the end of his career to go to chase a Super Bowl and so he right. went 
to Seattle to play with Russell Wilson. And he kind of said, he's like, Hey, nothing against Russ. I am glad I did it. I'm glad I played with Russ, but I kind of regret not playing with Josh Allen, like the way that he's played and who knows what could have happened. Right. And so the bills are now in a position, Pat, you and I, the last 20 years as bills fans have not been in this position where you're in free agency and you're seeing guys that are maybe bigger names or guys that maybe you think cost too much money or why would they want to come here to Buffalo? Well, now they're going to want to come to Buffalo. Not yeah. only are they going to want to come to Buffalo, they might come here for less money than they w- it would take to get them at another place for the opportunity to play with Josh Allen, for the opportunity to chase a Lombardi. Those things are very real. And so with all of that context and nuance, I'm kind of on the board of like, hey, if he is going to play in, in 2021 or 2022 here, why not Buffalo? Like what? I don't see why not. And it, the only reason that you would say no outside of, you know, otherwise that he's not going to play is that you're emotionally attached to the straight avious white hit, uh, that singular one incident in his 11 year career, you're attached to that and you can't let it go. And that to me is not an argument. I completely agree with you to your point. This is the second time as bills fans, even if you've been in bills fans for 30 years, this is only the second time where the bills probably for a second straight offseason now, are going into the following season as one of the favorites to win a Super Bowl. And what you and could this say, year more so than last Absolutely, year. absolutely. Yeah. And going back to the Bills Super Bowl years, the difference between then and now is 30 years ago, free agency won like this. Free agency was in its infancy. Players didn't yeah. jump around all over There was the no salary cap during right. the Bills run. Exactly. So there, was, there wasn't guys trying to fit under a cap and we'll take a discount because they were chasing a ring like they are now. So that is a great point. Let me preface this too. I do say like right now, emotionally, I like to think that Gronk would come back and for another year and want to play with the Bills. If a gun was in my head right now and life or death, I have to be right. I would still predict ultimately he's going to not play at all. I I think he's going to end up retiring at some point and him and Brady will go in the Hall of Fame together five years from now as the greatest quarterback tight end combo of all time. That said, he does play. I very, very, very much think Buffalo is in play. And I kind of want to talk about, again, I kind of want to layer this, the off-field stuff. Let's let's start there because this is the biggest reason why. I mean, if you hear 20 Bills fans say no, emphatically no, hell no, other adjectives that I won't even repeat on this podcast, it, it, it comes down to the dirty cheap shot. And let's, right. Aaron, I mean, we'll both admit it. It was a dirty, filthy Super. cheap shot. Yeah. Absolutely, man. But I was at the time I was pissed that Preston Brown sitting right there. And what is that? Lafayette Pitts, uh, number 30 must be Lafayette Pitts. Like, like those guys didn't cheap shot. Gronk. Like I was pissed in the moment. I yeah. just as much as any Bills fan out there telling me you can't bring him in. I was mad. I was angry. Couldn't believe it. But it was four years ago. Like, that's what I'm saying. It was December <laughs> of 2017. It was a f- stupid frustration play. And the hatred right now of Bills fans for Gronkowski because of this play from four years ago, I say this to be funny, but I'm not really trying to be that funny because I'm also being at least semi-serious. The hatred for Gronk coming back to Buffalo from Buffalonians right now is on the same level as how people either hate Donald Trump or they hate Joe Biden, whatever side of the fence you're on, just, you know, those crazy strong political takes that we see all the time on Twitter. I almost feel like it's at that level right now with Gronkowski. Now there is a portion of Bills fans who be like, yeah, if he signs, you know, I'll, change, I'll be fine with it. But there are some people who do not want his ass here solely because of that. And I just, man, I just, I think that's nuts. He's not a, he's not a guy that's been in, you said it, 
few minutes ago. His whole career. How many times have you seen this guy in trouble with the law? Have you seen Never, this guy in long. trouble, accused of this, accused of that, having to fight off all these oh. dirty rumors about him? By, if anything, he's been a stand-up teammate. Guys love playing with him. He's been great in the locker rooms everywhere he's been. He's a little uh, bro-y, right? Like, he might not be everybody's cup of tea in terms of he's kind of a doofus meathead football he is a meat player. <laughs> yeah, but no, nothing. It's all innocent, right? Like, he likes to party. He likes to have a good time. But it's all innocent. You've never seen him getting arrested. You've never seen him. Uh, any issues with domestic violence, any issues with uh, association with gangs or anything like that. Like he's never done, he's done everything right. 11 year hall of fame career, except for this one instance where he let his temper totally get the best of him. And, and in front of all of us made a huge mistake. Uh, even Bill Belichick came out against it later in, in that press conference. Like everybody universally said this it was a terrible move. He did it. He had a huge mistake. But since even since then, he's never done anything wrong. This isn't a Julian Edelman who for years against the Bills was cheap shotting and doing things after the whistle and egging people in. Or it's not a Jarvis Landry even who has a history of crack blocks and things like that where like he, he, that is the player he is. Mm -hmm. This was a one-time isolated incident that really sucked. We're all pissed about it. But at the end of the day, like you're, it's, this is a business. Right. This is football. It's a business. You got to add good players to your team. And if you have a good player that's willing to play for under contract value for your team to chase a Lombardi, you just do it. And what we do know is the Buffalo Bills made an offer to Rob Gronkowski last year right. in the in the offseason. Same offer that he got in Tampa. He considered it. But the fact that there was an offer available to him tells me that Brandon Bean, whether or not they even talked to Tredavious White, everyone assumes they talked to him. I don't know if they did or not. Maybe they did, and they included him that. But either way, Brandon Bean doesn't care. <laughs> like he, what, he didn't feel like it was going to break up the locker room. And, and also, to the locker room point, Pat, anyone that's saying this one guy is going to come in and destroy your locker room, well, then your locker room's not as good as you think it is. <laughs> it does, you don't have the process and all that stuff that you think you do of one, any one player. I don't care if it's Odell Beckham, any of these big diva type players, any one guy can come in and destroy your locker room. Then you don't have the culture that you think you do. Um, so Brandon Bean seemed to be fine with it. The fact that he made a contract offer and wanted to bring it Gronk a year ago tells me that they've already checked all those boxes and are totally okay with bringing him in. Yeah, I would say that on a personal level. Look, the guy's a meathead. All right? If I had a body like that, I'd be yeah. freaking shirtless partying too. Come on. Yeah, exactly. He's a meathead, but... He's almost like, it's like a harmless meathead. And, and to a couple of your points that I want to unpack here, I had John, the people that are mad at him on Twitter are also meatheads that are doing sure, the same, that would be doing the same type of stuff. Crockett. His attitude, his, his personality. I had John Scott on a couple of weeks ago from Spectrum Sports. He said he thinks Gronk would actually be a great fit in the locker room. He says the locker yeah. room has actually got a lot of guys like him. I mean, maybe not party animal, you know, national celebrity meatheads. Josh like, is a goofy like meathead is. too. But you know, Look, I mean, you just said it literally a year ago, they offered him the contract and I'll say this now, maybe a year ago, the difference was we didn't know that Dawson Knox, I mean, Dawson Knox was a big question mark one year ago at this yeah. time. Now Dawson Knox has established himself as a legitimate, really good TE one. And that yeah. wasn't the case a year ago. So that is true. But I look at it as, all right, forget about Dawson Knox or the money or any of that. The fact that they offered him a deal that tells you. Either A, Trey White's fine with Gronk, which I personally, and by the way, I did. I mean, I don't, nobody really knows for sure because he hasn't yeah. talked about it, but the assumption is Trey White would be perfectly fine with Gronk coming in. 
He's and, a grown man. And John talked about, you know what, the guys really don't even see that. Like the defensive backs and the and the tight ends and wide receivers don't really spend all that much time together anyway outside of outside of practice. But my point is, is that Brandon Bean thought enough of him personally to offer him a contract. Again, we didn't know what Dawson Knox was a year ago, but remove the football part of it. I, I think the Trey White thing is really overblown. A really shitty, shitty incident that should have never happened. But uh, well, more power to fans. If you want to totally just say, no, I don't agree with it. And I'm going to die on this hill of trade. Like more power to you. I'm not going to, I'm not here to tell you, you can't feel that way. Like more power. I just don't think that it's a legitimate argument to not add talent to your team. Absolutely. And you know what? I understand it. And I also think Aaron, if we had a, a chat going with 20 fans right now who hate Gronk and Gronk side with the bills tomorrow, I think 18 of those 20 fans, yeah. they, they would fall in line. And I'm not talking shit about them and saying they're weaker because I'm a lifelong Yankees fan. And I absolutely despise A-Rod with every fiber of my being. But once A-Rod became a Yankee, I had to start rooting for him. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I cheered when A-Rod would hit a home run because he was yeah. a New York Yankee. I big Bulls fan, right? I think a lot of people know that about me. I'm a big Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls fan. And uh, Rondo, I freaking hated Rondo <laughs> in Boston. Like He got in fights with Kirk Heinrich. He was always cheap shot. And I couldn't stand the guy. Would never give him credit for being a good player. He came to the Bulls and had that great run with Dwayne Wade and, and Jimmy Butler. And I loved it. I fell in love with him almost immediately. I love the way he played. Like th- those guys, there's those guys, uh, Bulls fans, uh, Joe Kim Noah. I love Joe Kim Noah. And all my friends of other teams were like, no way. I hate him. But if I use on my team, I'd love him. And Gronk is the same way where like you just, there's something when he's playing for the Patriots and he's just having fun and acting goofy. You're like, oh, screw that guy. But the second he lines up in your uniform and he's doing it, like you're, it's hard not to like. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'll say this too from, I mean, that was the off-field stuff. Yeah. On-field, yo, you look at last year's stats, 55 catches for 802 yards and six touchdowns. And he only played in 12 games. Now, yeah. you want to be a stat guy, a stat nerd or whatever, that's six more catches and 215 more yards than Dawson Knox had last year in a career right. year. Now, I want to be really clear. I am not downplaying Dawson Knox, and I am not um, I'm not saying Gronk's better than him at this point sure. or any of that stuff. This isn't, to me, this isn't even so much about Dawson Knox. This is more about what you said at the beginning of this segment about TE2 with yeah. Tommy Sweeney and upgrading the position, not necessarily saying Groxon come in and he's going to be the starter and Dawson Knox isn't anymore. I think this is more about upgrading the position as a whole. And right. I think doing some is, two tight end sets. Yeah. And that's, the two and that's one, one of the things I want to ask you about, because yeah. I, I, you could speak to this at least better than I can for sure. Let's just say for the, for the fun of it, for the sake of discussion, the bills do sign Gronkowski. Yeah. You're like, all right, well, I hated the guy, but, getting over it. I'm all right now with it. I'll, I'll live with it. How does, how would that work? How do you think that works on the field? I, I would, I think, and you would know this better than me. I think the bills wanted to use Tommy Sweeney more than they did last year. I just think they realize after seeing so many snaps and him having a couple drops and missed blocks and stuff like that, that they're like, just don't have the personnel to do what we want to do. Obviously that wouldn't be the case with Gronk, who by the way is an, an incredible blocker too. Right. Well, I think uh, the addition of Aaron Cromer, shows that they uh, that he would if he has a say at the table would want to do more of that stuff here's the thing at the end of the day all these offensive coaches whatever the tool set that you give them for players they're going to find ways to get those guys on the field and get them the ball so like anytime we say oh they're you know an 11 personnel or whatever personnel package a year ago some of that is, is you know sean mcdermott talks about this every single year your team is different i don't know that Ken Dorsey's coming in to the draft and stuff and saying, Hey, we, we want to run X personnel. So we need to get these positions all the time. It's more, you know, uh, to Bill Parcells analogy all the time, the grocery list, you know, get me the right groceries and I, I can make something happen. I think the coaches would love to have the problem of getting Rob Gronkowski in and getting him involved in the game plan with Dawson Knox. And that's a, a huge, a great problem to have. Right. Like, and so I don't see the problem the only problem I see is how do you get him on the field enough maybe uh, and not take away from anybody else, but to sort of uh, build on the stats that you said, I want to talk about a couple other ones. So you talked about his 802 yards uh, from a tight end position. That was sixth most in the NFL out of all starting tight ends. So any tight ends of 50% of snaps or more. Uh, so he had six most yards, fourth most yards after catch, which is something we say the bills need is yards after catch with 352 yards after catch. He had the second most yards after catch per reception with 6.4 yards after catch per reception. He had the sixth most uh, yards per reception at 14.6. And he had the second highest average depth of target uh, out of tight ends at 10.9. So this guy, not only is he like got some production still in him, he's performing at some of the highest levels at his position in the NFL still. And I agree. I don't want him to come in and take away from Dawson Knox gosh, like you put that out on the field against some of these 
team's linebackers. Like, what are you going to, who are you going to guard? Right. You, like, what are you going to do? And then you still have to worry about Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, maybe Cole Beasley. Like, what are you going to do when you start doing this? And not only that, Dawson Knox is a freaking excellent run blocker. And uh, Rob Gronkowski is also an excellent blocker. So you can bring these guys in and you can run out of these. Like, you don't have to pass. If the defense is giving you a look where you want to run, you'd have two good blockers still in there. Or you can do what we saw with the Bills doing this year where that threat of the run is real and then Dawson Knox leaks out or Robert Gronkowski leaks out or Gabe Davis leaks out and you have guys wide open down the field. The options that this would present you, again, I agree with you ultimately, Pat. I think he retires, he rides off to the sunset. But it's hard not to speculate on it. And when you start getting digging into that rabbit hole of the speculation, the fit would be fantastic the type of wrinkle that he can add into this offense would just be unbelievable. And if he is going to play at a place, there might not be a better place than Buffalo because he doesn't have to take on the bulk of the snaps. Like he could come and be in a limited role where he's given, right. you know, Hey, you can rest up a little bit. You don't have to take on, you know, bear the load of being tight end one. You can just have a nice last season as we roll off to get you another Lombardi and another Super Bowl parade. And who doesn't want to see Rob Gronkowski on a Super Bowl parade down Delaware. You know what I mean? Like who doesn't want to see that? John, he would go through so many tables at a Super Bowl parade to be crazy. Part of the reason I laugh. So I kind of laugh when I'm fighting with a lot of these fans on Twitter and stuff, because I do know at the end of the day, if he signs, they're going to end up loving him. Um, again, they, I, I don't worry so, so much about that. I think the important thing is don't compare Gronk to not Knox and say, who's better no. because you can use them both. As you just said, and I would argue that, you know, say wide receiver, like with Emmanuel Sanders last year, there was enough depth. You know, you got four receivers deep. Uh, you could withstand the loss, not Stephon Diggs, but you could withstand the loss of somebody for a period of time right. and that position's okay. Last year, if Dawson Knox goes down, you're in Bad. trouble. So you got to, if for no other reason, insurance, man, you got Knox and you got Gronk. If Knox goes down, you got arguably one of the, not arguably, you have one of the greatest tight ends who's ever played the game who yeah. is still playing at a good level like he did last year. So I ain't like though some guy who's, you know, a bum who's a great player who now he's a bum. He's still a very good player. You can and maybe that age, age is undefeated. Maybe it hits him I mean, this year, but year right off. now I don't know. He yeah. did take 2019 off. So I, and, yeah. and you know, maybe that refreshed him a little bit. I just think football wise, I don't think anyone could debate that. It was just uh it's a good fit. Now we talk about off field. You talk about on the field. Finances matter. Gronk ain't coming here on a minimum deal. You know, he, <laughs> that's not going to happen, obviously, no. but it would be a one year deal. And, yeah. I, and you got, you got Knox is right now. He's still on his rookie deal. And even if you were to extend Knox, I think you do it in a way where you just continue on. Like you did with Josh Allen, where you just mm -hmm. say, Hey, you're playing on your deal this year. And then we're going to extend you into the future which I would very much like to extend Dawson Knox already. Um, but you're, you're paying money no matter what. We just saw Ian Thomas from the Carolina Panthers get a nice size contract to be a tight end. I think if you're bringing in a Will Disley or Tyler Conklin or whoever, uh, one of these names, Jesse James, who we knew the Bills had interest in uh, an offseason ago or two offseasons ago, if you're bringing one of those names, you're not going to be paying the veteran minimum for those guys either. The hope is you're not going to pay Gronk, the $8 million contract that you offered him last season, you're going to be paying him maybe half of that offer. You know what I mean? Like 
point five through with some incentives where if he plays a bunch of snaps, he can have a chance to make more money or deep playoff run, you know, playoff snaps, he can make more money. You build in the incentives for him to have an opportunity to make more money. And then if he does make the money, then great. That's because your team had a bunch of success. Um, but I think that's what you're banking on. If you're kind of even tossing this, entertaining this idea is that he's going to give you a pretty good discount to come chase a Super Bowl ring, play with Josh Allen, and play back here in Western New York. And I don't know if that's realistic. Maybe that's the Homer fan in me. Um, but I think it's more realistic than it's ever been as a Buffalo Bills fan that any of these guys that we're going to talk about in free agency, especially the guys that are over the age of 32, they're at the end, the twilight of their NFL careers. Rob's already won a ring, but you're always chasing more. I mean, Sanders won a ring, but he came to Buffalo to chase more. Buffalo's really probably the best option. There might be two or three other options. I know Cincinnati has a lot of money. I still think they were a one-hit wonder in terms of Super Bowls. Uh, I, I don't know that they're going to be going back there regularly, but there's maybe five teams in the NFL that you could attach your wagon to to hope to get a Super Bowl run, and the Bills are definitely one of them. His family being here... I, I refuse to believe that it doesn't matter at all. Right. I don't think, I'm not saying it, it would be the deciding factor, but I refuse to believe that it doesn't matter at all. That's, I, um, yeah. Last question about Gronk. I I don't think, he might take a smallish discount, but I would still say if 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 the if they're saying eight, maybe six, something like that, if you could find a way. But let me ask you this, Aaron. Let's just pretend for the sake of discussion, let's say he agrees to a deal that's very team friendly and it's not about money. Um, do you think in addition of Grok as a TE two or a TE one B, whatever the hell you want to call them, if you can only do one of two things, you can add a second, really, really good tight end to your offense, or let's say they either resign either, or either they resign McKenzie or they just keep Cole Beasley and whatever it takes to keep him in uniform for another year, whether it's, restructure whether you let him just play at whatever his salary is now he's under contract let's just say he's going to be back or you get rid of him and you resign McKenzie one or the other and you go out and you target a, a wide receiver in free agency to play alongside Gabe Davis Stefan Diggs and either McKenzie or Beasley would you rather take your money whether it's five million six seven million dollars would you rather sign a Gronk or would you rather go out and add to that receiver room with five to seven million dollars you got to do one. Yeah, that's tough for me just because so receiver is a tough one because I do think I think you can add to receiver with like a Byron Pringle for not that much money. Maybe he's in the six, seven million dollar range. I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I, I'm interested to see how receiver falls in free agency this year. But what I do think so I'm a big believer in. It's sort of the same way Brandon Bean is that you fill all your needs through free agency and then you go into the draft and draft for the future. You don't draft for, hey, we need production at this piece now. You, you've got right. to you sort, sort of stagger and your draft is the guys that are going to feature in the future. So there's two positions where I'm okay drafting now for production now and one's running back and the other one's wide receiver. I think that you don't have to invest substantially in wide receiver where if you went and got a Gronk, you could probably still... If you fill enough holes in free agency, you can draft at 25 if you want. Take one of the top receivers that is going to be available on the board, or you can probably get one in the mid-rounds every single year. These receiver classes are super deep, and some guy can come in and produce for you. So I don't know that you – it has to be one or the other, but if it's if you're putting a gun to my head and saying I have to choose 
either bringing in Gronk or bringing in a mid-tier free agent, then I'm going to pick Gronk. Yeah, that's the way I fall too. I don't know. I just, the, the tight end position beyond Dawson Knox last year was just bad. Hollister didn't work out. Tommy Sweeney's just not that guy. If I can go out no. and, and get a guy like Gronk, he's going to have a, a team player role like Emmanuel Sanders did and uh, at the right. receiver. And there's guys in free agency that you'd feel better about, but they're not going to be game breaker. Sure type dudes that where if, if Knox goes out, they're really going to challenge and, you know, stress a defense in any way. If Gronko, if you had Rob Gronkowski and for whatever, God forbid reason, uh, Dawson Knox got hurt, you would put immediately put in a tight end that would do the same type of things in terms of stressing the defense. Like the, the drop off wouldn't be that significant where any of these other names that I've talked about, there'd be a, a real drop off and it wouldn't be a threat in the passing game in the way right. uh, Knox is. All right. Let me, uh, before, before I get you out of here, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about the NFL combines coming on this week. So Gronk is, yeah. uh, you know, he's Came a, right up on us. It's nice. By the way, by the way, you know what I thought of that would be funny. Hopefully we get a little bit of shelf life with this Gronk discussion and, and some people get to hear it because I'm thinking in my mind, we're spending 30 minutes talking about this and noon on Tuesday, tomorrow, this drops on Tuesday morning. Uh, Rob Gronkowski announces retired. Yeah, right. <laughs> happens, right. man. Well, let's happens talk about, a, let's talk about a couple guys who are not going to be retiring tomorrow around lunchtime. That's going to be some of these draft prospects. NFL draft combine is this week. Um, I want you to give me a couple guys that you're going to be keeping your eyes on. Not necessarily the biggest prospects in the draft, or maybe they are, but guys that kind of, uh, are, both prospects that intrigue you and also prospects that could potentially have some form of a, a Buffalo Bills angle to it. Yeah. So the let me see here. I got a list for you because you asked me earlier. So some prospects that intrigue me. So one, I want to preface the combine is probably my least favorite part of the rookie I knew draft that. process. <laughs> just you because ate it. Well, I don't hate the combine itself. What I hate is the reactions, the immediate reactions that it gets where sure. some guy runs a great 40 and everybody just is like, oh, God, this guy, like right. all of a sudden for two months, nobody's been talking all that much about him. But then he performs great in shorts at the combine and everybody's gushing over this guy. And it's like, you know, it's a mix of you're looking to see the tape that you watched or the tape that you've seen other people talk about. Do these numbers confirm what people are seeing on tape? But if a guy wasn't showing up on tape and then all of a sudden blows you away in the combine is probably not it. Um, so to me, it's the reactions that the combine gets the most important part of the combine. We don't see, it'll be the interviews that take place between staff right. and these yep. guys. And that, so that's the biggest part of the combine. We don't even get to see that, but I still do get excited in terms of being able to get your eyes on players and test some of that athleticism. Uh, so I guess I'll break it down by position here. Cornerback is a hot topic here for, for Buffalo. If they don't address that in free agency, sure. everyone's looking for either round one or round two to really address that cornerback too. Uh, Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati is a guy that I like on tape. Not everyone loves. And uh, I'm really interested to see if his athleticism shows up in the measurables as much as people think it might. So that's a guy I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt is a guy that I love. I absolutely really like his game. I'm interested to see where his athleticism tests at here at the combine, but he's a guy that I really like his game. Um, and then uh, Keir Elam out of Florida is another guy who I think his athleticism is going to pop off at the combine and people are going to go, Oh my God, that's the speed we need. He can keep up with Tyree Kill. I don't know if any of that's true. 
Um, but he's another guy that I want to see if the athleticism that you see on tape confirms at the combine. So those are the cornerbacks that I'm going to be watching. Defensive tackle is actually, I think they probably where I would lean if they don't fill all the holes in free agency, that's maybe the one that I would lean into the heaviest, especially the evaluation year that you have to give on Tremaine Edmonds. You see the Tremaine Edmonds talk on Twitter a bunch. If they don't get a real true defensive tackle, a one tech, a two gapping defensive tackle, I don't know that they can get a true evaluation on Edmonds. So uh, Jordan Davis is a name that everybody likes to talk about because he's just a monster of a human being. You see him chasing guys down. I want to see what that athleticism looks like on display. Uh, And he's going to look weird in tights. He's such a big dude that's going to run in the 40s, going to look real awkward for him. But I want to see that uh, his playing mate, Devontae White, who I actually think is a better player. I think he'll probably go before Jordan Davis does. But if he's available at 25, I, I'm interested in that, too. So he's another guy there uh, trying to look down my list here because I didn't do it in order like I should have. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Chris Paul, offensive lineman out of Tulsa, is a guy I want to keep an eye on. Some wide receivers that I like. Uh, Wondale Robertson out of Kentucky. I really like him. Uh, Garrett Wilson, the actually both Ohio state, uh, wide receivers, uh, Olave and Wilson are guys that I would absolutely run to the podium at 25 to take. We talked about it. if you can fill all those needs in free agency, dude, I'd love to get Josh Allen, one of the top wide receiving prospects and sure. just keep adding yeah, to yeah, that yeah. room. Why not? Like, let's, <laughs> let's drop 45 a game. That the answer is all the problems and not getting sacks. Right. Um, and then running backs a little bit sneaky too. I like uh, Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A and M. Uh, that they might need to find something long term at running back. I think that you can find that mid rounds. So I don't know that you need to go uh, anybody early. Uh, but that's kind of just looking over the invites list. Those are just some guys that pop off to me as guys I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, but it's mostly going to be because of it's an athleticism testing thing, I'm really going to be keeping an eye on this quarterback class because I do think it's going to be a need. Even if they address it in free agency, I think that they they double dip at that position here going forward, seeing what happened to Trey and the type of drop-off that you get without Trey yeah. White. I think that, uh, and not knowing his health going into this season, when he's going to be available, I could totally see a double dip where they bring in a, you know, Sidney Jones, Dante Jackson type in free agents, or maybe they bring back Levi. I don't know. And then they, you know, in those first two rounds draft a pretty athletic corner to kind of fill in those shoes. Now that you're paying Trey get another guy in a rookie deal. Yeah. Um, let me say this too. I, one of the reasons why I like having you on, like we're going to be doing mock drafts starting March 23rd is doing one right now is completely pointless to me. And, and they do make for like Tom Buck said, off season filler. It does make for good conversation, but having mock drafts right now when the Bills haven't made any moves yet, you know, right. March 16th, free agency starts. Come March yeah. 23rd, when we do a mock draft, the Bills might not need a wide receiver because they might go out and get somebody right. really good. And then a guy in the first couple of rounds really isn't or shouldn't be in play. I do want to ask you, though, because I can't mention Levi Wallace without thinking about you because you've been oh, on Team Levi for quite a long time. I agree with you. I do think cornerback is going to be with or without Levi Wallace or with without a, a veteran signing to replace him should he leave. I think cornerback is going to be a pretty high priority for the Bills, like defensive end and offensive tackle was last year. Do you think, what What does your gut tell you, man? You think Levi's back? You think he's gone? This is a hard one, man, because that spot track value, uh, I like spot track and I use that site all the time, but the value is pretty crazy for what they're saying the market value for levi wallace is I what is it exactly eight or Here, nine 
I'll pull it off. Uh, hold on one second. Um, I think it, I want to say it was like 11 or something. What? It, was, it was pretty crazy. Let me, I, I don't want to misquote. Where's his market value? You're the captain of Team Levi, and if it's 11, I think even... No, so 9.6 in average annual salary. That's way too high for Levi Wallace. And so, one, for those not listening, because I like to joke around about uh, how much I stand for Levi Wallace, where this all started is people would pick on Levi for getting high amount of targets and when he was across from Trey and all this stuff. And I, I will pick... I will stand or at least defend any adequate cornerback in the NFL. Because one, I think it's the hardest position outside of quarterback to play as corner because you can't touch these guys anymore. Like all the rules favor the offensive players by a lot. Uh, It's a really difficult position to play. And then on top of that, like the game is just so heavy to passing, right? Like they're getting targeted. Even Jalen Ramsey gets targeted a ton of times. Trey White before his injury was getting targeted a bunch like the average completion percentage against like 62% league wide. So like the, we watch these guys and we say, Oh, they gave a perception. This guy sucks. Or he gave up five receptions. This guy's terrible. He's getting both to, uh, toasted. I hate that. It drives me nuts. So that's where I started defending Levi Wallace. Like, right. okay, what well, he gave up that reception, but he was in cover three, like, and he did his job. He kept the man in front of him. Like you got to have more sort of nuance and context to why these receptions get given up. What's going on. Ultimately, He's not a bad cornerback too. If you can get him back at an actual reasonable cornerback two deal, a five six million dollar a year deal, where it was which where I think his value actually should be, I would absolutely bring Levi Wallace back because I do think he's a fine cornerback too. Now, with that said, it doesn't change what a lot of fans want, which is more speed or anything like. Like he still has his limitations. Yeah. Um. But when you put him up against any of these cornerbacks that we're talking about in free agency. He's right there with all these guys in terms of the data, you know, his completion percentage against NFL passer rating against all the metrics. And even the film really points to that. He's right on par with every other top tier cornerback too in the NFL. And so if you can get him back and maintain that continuity, there's a lot that goes on in this defense. When I forget what game it was, uh, Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde came up for their press conference and they brought the whole secondary with them. And they were all talking about that whole second. This was when everybody was high on the Bills defense um, before the KC game, when everybody now hates the Bills defense and wants to rip it down <laughs> to the studs. Uh, I think it was. But, I think it was a New England road game when they when they brought the whole second after. Game. Oh yeah, they did that probably with a big the regular Gary. season road game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah they. Uh, but anyway, when, during that press conference, they were talking sort of about like that continuity and how it matters and the communication and like the feeling comfortable passing off things in the zone and all that stuff. And that really does matter in that back seven by a lot, especially in the Sean McDermott defense. So I'd be happy to have him back. I'm not going to pound the table for it. There's other guys in free agency. I do like more and I think would be interesting fits like Sidney Jones. Uh, Eric's big on him. Greg has been big on him. I like Dante Jackson. He was a guy I loved in the draft process a few years back. He was a teammate of Trey White's at LSU super speedy dude I think he'd fit really well in here but it's similar to maybe not totally similar to my Jerry Hughes takes but I'm you know just like last year Pat I was cool maintaining the floor in free agency right you bring back the floor this defense was good you know they had a terrible performance against the Kansas City Chiefs Patrick Mahomes played in God mode just like Josh Allen does to defenses which we love it when Josh Allen does, and we can't believe that he rips defenses apart. Patrick Mahomes can do that too. Um, but other than that, 
you know, by every metric and people will say, Oh, they didn't play anyone. Well, that's DVOA accounts for who you play in the, you know, the quarterbacks you play and the bills were still one of the best defenses in the NFL. Every metric that's out there, the bills were one of the best defenses in the entire league. And that was with the guy like Levi Wallace as your cornerback one, he wasn't even playing cornerback two last year. So I'm all for maintaining the floor and then using the draft to take a shot to get better. Uh, but I'm not going to pound the table for Levi Wallace as, Hey, that's my guy. And we got to keep him. I'm a, if you can Im- make an upgrade in free agency, I'm all for upgrading this team. I'm a bills fan first and foremost, more than I am a Levi fan. I'm going to go back to what you said a year ago about Levi Wallace. Cause I think it was completely spot on. He's a great floor player. If that's yeah. as bad as you're going to get at corner CB two, then you're in really good shape. Yeah. I, I think he's gone. I think he's going to get, I think he's going to get a four or five year deal. That I hope he does. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm not going to for him, man. Him. Undrafted free agent yeah, to go get some I think money. I think they'll get a veteran, a cheaper veteran to compete with Dane Jackson. And I absolutely think they're going to use a first or a second round pick on a corner. One more question. And then I'm going to give you a homework assignment. We're getting out of here. So people, this is dropping on Tuesday and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, I believe are both scheduled to speak to the media on Tuesday. Someone's surely going to ask, this is a rhetorical question for me to you. Cause I know what your answer is, Yeah. but the 13 seconds is, is going to continue to get brought up probably to the point of annoyance until either Sean I'm McDermott or Brandon Bean. I know uh, you're already, <laughs> that's my point. You're my, or my rhetorical question is like, you, you right. don't even, you, you'd rather hear discussion about draft prospects sure. when it comes to these guys. You don't need to hear any more questions about 13 seconds. You're over it. Right. Yeah. Well, so here's where I'm at with it, dude. Uh, I don't need the answer. I know a lot of people feel like they need the answer. To me, it's like, uh, one, I think we've been given enough information to connect the dots, to read the tea leaves as to what transpired in that 13 seconds. Which, by the way, for everyone listening, cover one weeks ago with Eric Turner had a really good film breakdown, and we found out a lot about that by watching that. Yeah, and so uh, I think you can connect the tea leaves, read, read the tea leaves as to what happened. I don't know that you need to be led there. It's like, it's like knowing your girlfriend is cheating on you. You have it. You know that she yeah. is, but ne- I need to hear it from you. Yeah. Like what, what difference does it make if you have to hear somebody say it? Like whatever. If that's what people need, I hope you get your answer now. But I, you're not going to. They're going to no, give you the standard BS. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're going to get it, it's going to be sourced information from somebody on the team that wasn't supposed to say anything and did. Um, but what I want to – one of these uh, beat guys – I know a lot of beat guys listen to your show uh, – and I'm not saying how to do your job because I, one, couldn't do that job. And two, I don't, I don't know that I want to do that job. But if you're going to try to get to this story, what I really would ask is either Sean McDermott or Brandon B and our guest, Tara Bagula, in a couple of weeks is, what do you think? Because this is a conversation you and I have all the time, Pat, is what do you think the team's responsibility and uh, transparency needs to be to the fan base who support the team financially? buying jerseys, buying tickets, using their time, all this stuff. What is your responsibility to give them answers publicly when things go wrong? I want to know where that, not even just about the 13 seconds, where's your stance on that? Because once we establish that bar, that floor, because if Sean McDermott comes out and says, Hey, we don't feel like we handle this stuff internally, then stop asking because you're not going to get answers or you're going to have to go dig on Instagram and talk to players or whatever it is. But somebody get out there and ask that and let's establish where they feel and what their sort of philosophy on that matter is. Because I don't care either way, but some fans do. And I think that they should at least know the answer of how this team feels as to the responsibility that they owe you. Yeah, that's a great point. And I and I do, you know what, I might 
I might share this little segment with a couple of media people and maybe one of them will ask that, that question. Not specific. They already don't like me, so don't, don't get them not liking me anymore. <laughs> not specific necessarily to the 13 seconds because I'll tell you this, if I was Sean McDermott or if I was Brandon Bean, you ain't going to hear shit from me either because what benefit do I have to throw, whether it's Tyler Bass, whether it's a special teams coach, the assistant, whoever's fault it was, what good are you doing throwing somebody under the bus at this point? There's Definitely. no benefit. There's nothing to gain. But I would like to, to your point, man, I would like that question asked because I would like to know what they think about how much, how many answers or how much detail fans deserve. I think things shouldn't be ignored, but at the same token, details, I don't know that fans are owed a lot of specifics, a lot of details. You know, I, I it's annoying to hear. I hate hearing it. But Sean McDermott just saying we didn't execute it right. That's what it is, man. Because that's what it's the truth too. They didn't yeah. execute the play. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, or the communication, whatever it is, that didn't get executed. And so, yeah, I get why fans get annoyed by it. But he's always been this way, and a lot of other good coaches around the league are this way. This isn't uh, just a Buffalo thing like most coaches don't want to give you more information than they have to they have to do these press conferences but they don't have to give you the answers that you want out of them like that's just not part of the deal and at the end of the day to one thing i think we all got to remember is this is football like you know with all the stuff going on in the world right now this is all just kind of fun and games we're, th- we're talking about we get to talk about a kid's game adults yeah. playing a children's game at the end of the day. And it's like, yeah, it, it matters to us emotionally and it matters in the moment. And we spend a lot of money and time on this, but ultimately it's a hobby for everybody, right? Like it's a fun thing. It's a kid's game. It doesn't, we're not investigating Watergate here. These 13 seconds aren't some big, you know, thing to uncover. And maybe somebody will, maybe someone will get a large, big uncovering story and they'll get a bunch of clicks for it. But I don't know. For me, I've moved on. It's for me, I'm in 2023 mode, uh, all the way 2022, <laughs> 2023 football season. Cause there's so much to be excited about, dude. Like this team, the best team going into like everybody's universally saying this is going to be the best team with the bi- biggest odds that I don't need to live in that past. The the Buffalo Bills are favored in Vegas right now. They're the biggest favorites to win their division over any other team in any division in the NFL. I've gotten myself into Aaron Quinn vibe mode right now where I'm good, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. Because about a month ago, I would have put my, I was angry enough to put my head through a glass plate window because I was so pissed off yeah. that nobody was taking not, any accountability. So I don't want to be a hypocrite, but now at this and point. And I don't want to tell fans how to fan, man. Like that's one thing I, I know that sometimes I, I'll come off preaching those ways. That's just me. I'm just telling you how I feel about it, what my sure. personal opinions on the matter. Fan however you want. Like whatever your opinion is, I'm not here to tell you how to feel or anything like that. Like I, I get why people feel the way they do. Let me give you your homework assignment. Everybody, I will say the last time you gave me a homework assignment wasn't that good. Karate Kid, it was interesting to watch. It was binge worthy, but man, it wasn't as good as you told me it was. Oh, Cobra Kai, you mean? Or Cobra Kai? Yeah, I I don't agree with you. You're wrong on that. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully you'll do better with this one. All right, so it is winter, and I work from home, and I hate winter. And this is, by the way, been the longest. This has felt like the longest two months of my life. And I was being away for the last five, six years. It's been freaking dreary. Okay. And I don't look, man, I'm not trying to go out that much as it is. So this has kept me home a lot. So between working from home and just not going out a lot, I have watched a lot of TV and I've watched a lot of movies. And one of the things I did this a couple of times in the past, but I haven't done it in a few years. One thing I did this year is I decided to sit down and watch every single Oscar nominated major category movie. So 
there's 10 best pictures. And then there were seven other pictures or movies that had like best actor, actress, supporting actress, supporting actress or director that might not necessarily been one of the top 10 best pictures. So long story short, I watched 17 Oscar nominated movies right now. And, uh, I'm giving, I want, I want you to watch one of them for sure. There's plenty of them that I would say they're worthy of watching, but there's one specifically, write this down. Yeah, Everybody right. listening, write this down. If you haven't seen it already, it's called, it's Coda. All right. I am telling you right now, Aaron. It's Coda. It's Coda, C-O-D-A. And I'm not going to give you any specific spoilers. I will. The only thing I'll tell you is Coda stands for, I don't even know exactly what it stands for, but it's child of a death family. Something like that. I've seen the trailer for this. She is the, the the girl, the teenage girls, the only one in her family who is not death. And I'm telling you right now, this, if you told me before we started taping this tonight, we talked again for a few minutes and you told me about 1883, the finale and how you borderline got emotional. And typically, you know, you don't get too emotional when you're watching a, a TV show. This movie I will be stunned if you're not moved to tears at the end of this movie. And a pause, and I will give Man, you I this spoiler. And this, let me give you one spoiler. It's in a positive way. Okay. All right, okay. This is a feel-good movie. If you, you know, all this shit going on in the world right now, like you talked about, if you want to feel good and just feel fucking good, dude, this is the movie to watch. And Troy Kurtzer who is uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He plays the father in this movie, and he's death in real life, too. They're all deaf. And and the woman, I, I believe that's Michael J. Fox's real-life uh, wife. I should have looked it up before I came on. But anyway, the guy, dude, unbelievable. Really? This movie is, I don't know, it, it's like that doesn't have the mainstream appeal, so I'm not sure I've heard about, you know, I'm looking at Oscar predictions now for, uh, you know, who's going to win. I have to do a lot of Belfast or or Dune, and a couple other ones. This movie, far and away, and it's not even close as the best picture of the year. In fact, this is probably the best movie I've seen in five to ten years. That's how good this movie is. You need to watch it. I'm telling you, it's that freaking good, dude. Everybody watch this movie. Feel good about life for two hours. And it's funny, and it's cute, and it's charming, and at the end of the movie, you're going to be on your feet, dude, fist pumping, almost like you're at a Bills game. You're going to be rooting for is it, what you want to root for. Trust me. Did you say, is it streaming somewhere? I don't know. I, <laughs> where'd you, where'd you watch it? Let me, let me make a confession that might land me in jail right now. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have means of watching TV and movies that are, let's say they're not outside of streaming. They're non-traditional services. ways. Yeah. So. Okay. I'll look for it. Um, cause I don't have ways of watching uh that stuff and i can get in trouble for it so it's I will worth running if you got to pay four dollars yeah it's worth the rent or whatever um so uh you know not to go off too far off here uh since the football season ended i work out in the mornings and i like to just like put a movie on or something in the background while i'm riding my bike or whatever so i work my way through the entire marvel cinematic universe series because i hadn't seen them all yeah uh, i had seen like the iron mans and a couple avengers and you know i've never been super into i was really i'm a big comic book kid but i was worried the movies would ruin everything for me uh so i worked my way through that i got through all of them actually really fun series i don't know that it's as hyped up as everybody made them to be but fun entertaining and now i'm working my way through star wars uh, I used to love Star Wars back in the day. I felt like I, I watched one of the newer ones and then I didn't love it, but I'm, I'm working my way back through all those. So after I get through 
this series of Star Wars stuff, which I've been working my way pretty quick through uh, this time of year. I'm going to get on that. It's Coda. I'll get on it. Get on Coda. <laughs> Give Aaron a follow on Twitter at AaronQuinn716. Cover one podcast. Greg Thompson. I love these two guys, man. Good stuff. I love, I love having you on the show. And by the way, the Oscars are March 27th, and we're going to do our next time you'll be on this show will be March 23rd to kick off our mock draft series. So before we even start talking about mocks, I mean, I'll talk to you, I'm sure, probably tomorrow or the next day, and you'll tell me what you think about this movie one-on-one. But we're going to talk about this movie on here. I'm telling you that right now. Sounds good, man. 